0: just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Hey, sports fans, welcome to Sports Nerds. Here are your hosts, Dr. Samuel J. and Dr. Brian Schrader. Uh, I forgot to tell you this, but we're recording, by the way. Um, the... It is. It's on. The <laughs> elevator outside the office suite here at MSU Denver has been opening and shutting since I got to work at five this morning. I don't there's know what's wrong. yeah, there's an elevator. Where? It's right outside the office to the left. Seriously? Hey, I'm very proud of you for not knowing where the elevator is. Where do take those steps. Does, I know where the stairs are. Yeah, they're it's right before you get to the stairs.
1: Huh. It's it's outside Isn't it like a two story building? Uh three. It's three. Way up there, buddy. We got three. We're doing. I sometimes take the elevator from the first to the fourth floor of my building. Sometimes, but you know, people that I can't stand is when they're like, "Wait, hold the elevator," and then they go from the first to the second floor. Obviously, if you're, you know, physically unable to make it from floor one to floor two, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you to use the elevator. But for the rest of you people, come on now, at least two floors. Don't you think? I think so. I, I think stunned you, stunned you I was the there, silence. I, was doing, I don't know. I was. I was. I thought you were really like, I, I want a video on this one. You were really thinking hard about this. Um, so it's just opening and closing for no reason. Yeah, correct. Hold huh. on.
0: Yeah. Opening and closing for no reason. It's
1: clearly broken. My grandparents, when I was a kid, lived in DC in like a pretty tall building. I don't know how many floors it was, 30 or 40 floors maybe. I don't know. Maybe more, maybe less. And I would get out and push every fucking one of those buttons
0: you're to just go.
1: <laughs> I don't. know I don't even know where it went.
0: What a terrible Everywhere. asshole you are.
1: Well, you know, as a kid, yeah. Buttons.
0: buttons, buttons, dick pushed him. What are you gonna do? That's too funny. Yeah. All right. Um. Happy Wednesday. Happy NCA week. You're not going NCA,
1: which saddens me. I know. It turns out I should have, because all these other conferences have fallen through. So
0: um yeah i know that's weird that we didn't get into western i think john and i were talking i think it's just extremely competitive this year and it's Mm. not like you and i are that smart so yeah that could be i mean john's smart (laughs) john john did the heavy lifting but we also (laughs) didn't get into that other sports panel which i thought that was kind of a lock. i think people just hate sports
1: i could still just fly out for that conference
0: you could you could are you coming out here at all in the next few months no (laughs) i love that that's good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yes no no oh, it's wonderful and for those of you in iowa wondering i'm not coming back either um man it's just it's just i'm trying to get ready for this for child number three when's, um, when's
1: child number three uh, coming
0: early feb Wow, my man early feb don't be sending me any michigan shit either <laughs> when the baby comes that you will give me be... some ideas uh, i mean i don't know i i uh, Because we don't know the gender yet, right? So we got to immediately gender our child with those ideas. Ah. You know, I got to hail that baby into existence, if you will. What is it? What was the, is it Gramsci? Always, already? Always, already? Always, already. I don't know. Somebody brought it up. Some critical studies person in my department brought it up the other day. I thought, hmm, interesting. Yes, I know that theory. Anyhow, so we got a broken elevator.
1: Cultural hegemony.
0: Yeah, crook.
1: Maybe I, I guess gender is could be. It is, I don't think he talks about gender that much, but I suppose that could be. Right? It's certainly part of culture, gendering people.
0: Uh, true. Um, I don't. I am going to say this to you on a recording because nobody really probably. I am assuming nobody who knows Denver Sports Lab listens to our podcast. It's one so way to find out. The, they're in the midst of a, of a separation. If you will. And I just got a text to move some admin rights from one Facebook owner to the other. It's Ooh. gonna be Yeah. It's a very awkward text. Not quite sure how to respond. I'm not ready for this. It's too damn early for a fucking awkward conversation. In the morning? Or, or the yeah. Uh in the morning. In the morning. And Dan's I don't think Dan's here today. He's he's heading out to um he's heading heading out to where's he going? Baltimore. But uh I did talk to I talked to Dan. I think we are going to go to DC on Friday afternoon.
1: Shit, man! There's, I mean, there's so much to see there.
0: Dude, you're missing it. I really wish you were just fucking coming. That would have been a blast. I think Perosky's coming. He is. Yeah.
1: You so. know, had the Western stuff come through e- earlier, I would have gone. Where are you going? Do you? I mean, <laughs> you have now. to nowhere. 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 Yeah. Well, I had um, the you know the sports conference, and then Western sort of penciled in, and. Strikes I know. I didn't do the sports conference. I'm sorry. Right. The sports conference is
0: on me. I'm just, just, just wasn't, I don't know, man. Doing the administrative stuff has got me all excited and the research stuff is, I've put on the <laughs> back burner. But we also haven't t- had a good talk on the podcast for a while either, which is uh, maybe where most of our good research comes from. So maybe today, Brian, Perhaps. we'll come up with something special. Yeah. Um, I, before we jump into our, to our big stories for the day. I know a lot of you, not a lot, but I mean, we've had a significant number of folks who have participated in our DraftKings weekly contest. We usually get, you know, eight, nine, ten gents who participate. It's $5 uh, buy-in, top two win, some, some money. Um, if you are interested in participating in that, you're going to have to go to our Facebook page because that's where Brian and I post our link. And I understand how Facebook algorithms work now. And even if you like our Facebook page, that doesn't mean that you're going to see the link. So on Friday afternoons, uh, that's when I would suggest you go and look at the link because we cap it at 19. I think we had 19 maybe the first week. We haven't reached it since. But we have to cap it because if we set a different, Number and it doesn't make, then it just cancels the contest. So if you are interested, make sure that you check our Facebook page. Uh, just search for Sports Nerds on Facebook on Friday afternoons, and you can find that link and automatically get uh, and get yourself signed up for the DraftKings contest. I've won twice this year. I, I don't. I don't think I finished in the top three yet. I know it's. I'm having a hell of a fantasy football year. It's. I'm. i I'm leading our league. Right. Yeah. I'm I leading so. the department league. Tied, but sure. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm leading the department league. I mean, I'm just on fire. It's all because of Pat Mahomes.
1: Well, it, it's, and also it's it's bad. even though they lost to the Titans. Yeah, I know that was, it was weird. The Titans of Tennessee it's, with a uh, Chad at the helm of all things,
0: man. I'm, I love college football. Don't get me wrong, but I love it for emotional reasons. I mean, I love it. I love it more for what, what's the word? my nostalgia. connection my ties my ties to iowa football right sure. but it's super annoying that you can't lose a game or two in college football you just can't and then they just you're just out of the rankings i don't know hey, i was be like wise, the so. only three
1: lost team ranked
0: right i know yeah well they've lost three games when i combined 11 fucking points <laughs> so frustrating <laughs>
1: and, you, right? and you got to see one of
0: them I got to see one of them.
1: That was the biggest loss of of seven whole points. Did you? Uh, did you? I'm sorry to, to to interject. Did you see Kentucky lose last night? Uh, I saw the highlights. <laughs> How about that? I caught that score at it? halftime, and I was like, "What? What is happening?" Honestly, this half. is going to sound messed up, but I was like, "Am I looking at the wrong score? Am I looking at like Kentucky soccer or lacrosse or something?" I was like, "How are they losing to? I don't even know who it was." Uh, I mean, they were losing by three or four or something like that, but they were losing. Yeah, you don't expect that at this point in the season. No. And someone pointed out that team, who was it? Emerson Southwestern or something. I don't even know. Uh, who it is. Uh, Evan, Evansville. Evanston, is Evansville, that a Kentucky team? Evan- I don't even know. The, no, that team is, so. is they're undefeated with a knocking off the number two or three team and they're not ranked or they're not ranked that high. Our basketball rankings out? Yeah, they're out. They're Wrong and they're They're out. Um, Wrong and they're out. This says Kentucky has won. How are you won? If you just oh, they do they they redo these like every week, right?
0: Yeah, every week. Correct. Not every day. Evansville's in Indiana. They are a member of I can't remember which conference. It's not a major
1: conference. I assume it's it's not a major conference. Michigan last major. I don't know. It's just a funny loss. That's cracking me up.
0: Why is Cozy One Hundred and One playing Christmas music already? No,
1: fucking. How do you know that? Can't. Are you listening to Cozy One Hundred and One?
0: Uh, I was. I told. I listen when Catherine can't to see if she wins. Uh, One of us wins the five thousand dollar (laughs) employee thing. Yeah, she's like your brother, man. You have no idea the radio contest that I have to participate in every day. Really? Oh yeah, three o'clock. I'm pretty sure Jay and I do the same podcast or the same contest three o'clock on. KBC. I don't yeah. really know how he does like that. Name. I think
1: he just calls. But he's won like I mean Catherine's won like three times. He put po- my brother will post on in front of those listeners. My brother wins his radio contests like it's his job. But he'll he'll it's post true. on Facebook he He'd be like, gonna win these tickets this afternoon. And then he does it. And he does. I'm like, what the, he does. <laughs> what the
0: fuck? What the fuck?
1: Oh, that is funny, man. At some point you think dude, they'd be like, dude, I- you can't be in our contests anymore. But mm. No, Catherine thinks, and
0: I think she might be right about this. Obviously, they have, uh, you know, a call handling system. And it runs your number to it, the top or something. Yes. Yes. Like, I think not maybe. Oh, not they the want purpose. to
1: reward people who call back a shitload? I think so. Ah. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. Or my know. brother just has, like, their direct
0: line. Yeah, probably. Who knows? Hey, about those like tickets that. you're giving away. Can I have them? Sure. Sure. Here you go. All right, let's talk about sports. Um, big, big, <laughs> first, first big uh, story of the day. Um, Second it's obviously Patrick the big story of the week. Yeah, exactly. Is uh, news that the 2017 Houston Astros, your world champion, Houston Astros, uh, were stealing signs electronically
1: throughout the season.
0: Is that what we know about it? Is it throughout, throughout yeah, the season? Yeah, disgruntled
1: former employee. They should have made him sign a, an NDA. You can't yeah, tell should. other people about our cheating. Donald Trump be him? quiet? Um,
0: what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I I don't care. I hate the Astros. You and I hate the Astros. We're not Astros fans. Yeah. Sorry, Astros homers out there. I think they're. Yeah, uh, they're
1: just. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'd like. It's yeah. so tough. Go. I think we don't think enough about um, the effect that just the high quality. Um, the the way that we that we videotape and record and and stream games the effect that it's had not not just on cheating but just sort of top to bottom, right? I don't think back in the day we would grumble over you know a half an inch on a first down or you know a, a a a centimeter of your your shoe being over the line or I even had this conversation at a kid's birthday party this past weekend with some dudes we were just talking about sports about how um, I think what people are willing to spend to go to games has changed a lot because you can sit on your, you know, on your couch with beer in your fridge and watch it on a 65 inch TV in high def. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I think this is just, just another consequence. It's a thing that like, you probably weren't stealing signs years ago because even, even this video that you sent me of of the Astros, um, the the camera that was picking up their signs, it's pretty grainy. There's no chance that was happening in the eighties or the nineties on, on tube TV. You know what I mean? So I think there's, there's definitely a tech element to it that, you know something has to be something has to be changed to to prevent that or you just need to sort of be open to it and and I don't know again I don't know if you posted that video on Facebook you should but you can you can tell that um you know if you assume a relatively fair fight between pitcher and and batter in in a uh, you know in a, in a normal kind of at bat if you can if you can give that batter some quick access to information. It really, it really shifts the scales pretty dramatically, right? Like the video that you showed is someone's, you know, bang, bang and really quick in the dugout and you know, it's going to be a change up out of the zone. You just don't take a swing at that. I mean, that dramatically alters um, the rest of the at-bat, even if it happens just one time, you know, and then if it's happening in only a couple of at-bats and it's having a meaningful impact on those at-bats, it obviously could change the outcome of baseball games that are oftentimes times one or one or two run affairs. Right. So yeah, it's, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, and it's bizarre, right? Because we have this culture in baseball of sort of legal cheating versus illegal cheating. It's like, it's fine to steal signs if you're a runner on second base or most baseball players don't really care if it's cold out and a pitcher has pine tar on his hands or something like that. But this, I think this is different. I think this is a thing that players would say, no, we're not, we're not down with this. It's maybe closer to, to steroids. It's not honorable old school cheating. It's, you know, sort of tech, tech-based um, science cheating or something. Science cheating, <laughs> the- I don't know. It's, I mean, the,
0: the advantage that you get from something as small as that, or sorry, the advantage you get is just a tiny, tiny fraction of a second. And I think that we assume that, you know, as if you haven't played the game, especially at a high level, you kind of assume that that's nothing like, that's not really an advantage. I think a lot of people be like, eh, maybe it's not, it's not that advantageous, like, you know, um, how is that going to help you from laying off a fastball that's out of the zone or what have you, right? Um, but at that level, I guess what I'm saying is that split second, that that tiny little bit of a second is such a monumental advantage that this is pretty significant. Yeah. And being able to adapt to pitching from pitch to pitch is an insane advantage, not just for great hitters, but I think for any major league hitter, that is an advantage. I mean, so much of what they're doing is guessing, and I think people, I think we forget that unless you're a, you know, a baseball junkie, but a lot of what hitters are doing is is it's luck, you know, like
1: it's it's it's. it's it, <laughs> yeah, and no I, I know I know what you're saying. And and there's there, saying, yeah. there's a potential misread of it and it's, I know that's not what you're saying. And that is if you watch these dudes in BP, every one of these guys at the major league level, if you if you threw them, you know, a, a, you know, softballs down the middle, they can they can crush every one of those balls and, and mm-hmm, take yard. Mm-hmm. But the actual kind of chess match that's going on between a pitcher and a and a hitter is it can I guess right when you're going to throw a fastball down the middle or something like that? Right. That, that in that situation, if I know, like if a pitcher came up and said, I'll throw you nothing but fastballs down the middle, even at hundred miles an hour, most of these hitters could still, you know, kind of put it wherever they wanted, but you're right. It's the not knowing that's the difference, right? It's not, it's not that that most pitchers, any pitcher really is physically dominant enough to throw it past any hitter. They almost all rely on sort of a, a hitter, misunderstanding what pitch is coming right mm-hmm. if, if again mm-hmm. if you know it's a fastball every single time they, they'd be fine
0: yes yeah i mean yeah, that's why it's, that's it's a why whole thing, but it's a huge advantage mm-hmm. i mean that's why somebody who throws 102 miles an hour like let's take a robert chapman for example there were moments in his career where he was still throwing 100 102 and getting hit pretty hard because there's no movement on the ball they're not really guessing right like the pitcher or the hitter kind of knows from release point you know as best that they can kind of calculate it, but also you know how the ball m- moves just from observing maybe in the on deck circle but also in previous pitches, if that ball's not gonna move, I can kind of guess um and also from my periphery where the where the catcher is kind of setting up where that ball is going to be, and that's going to improve my chances of hitting that ball hard that is. So when you can kind of predict that more reliably by just knowing what kind of pitch it is, it gives you an insanely unfair advantage over the pitcher. And so, I mean, now, right, let's let's complicate this conversation a little bit. If you are a pitcher who tips their pitches, right, who's who has, um, you know, has it's very clear what kind of pitches you're trying to throw simply from your body language, simply from your how you move the ball around your glove. Um, you know your setup, your windup, your your release point, what have you. That is on you, and I think that recognizing that from the dugout, recognizing that from uh, uh, if you're on second base or first base as a as a as a runner, if you recognize that and then you share that information with the hitter, to me that is not cheating. No. I don't even think that's cheating if you're doing it for the bullpen, quite honestly. Right? I'm okay with that. I don't think that's cheating if you're doing it from television. To me, what is what is cheating is the usha- usage of technology to expedite this process and make the, make it make the advantage such a clear shift away from the pitcher to the hitter. And it's, it's not because of the hitters. It's not because of the success of the hitter. And it's not because because of the weakness of the pitcher it's because of the usage of technology by
1: managers, staff, et cetera. I don't know if that was. No, it makes sense. So it's sort of the difference between the stuff happening on the field or not. Right if it's yeah, if, it's the, good, hitter, if right, it's the hitter if it's the hitter who's who's recognizing a tell or if it's a runner on second who can who can see where the catcher is um sort of set up and communicates that to the hitter i, I think most people are kind of on board with that because mm-hmm. you could say you mm-hmm. could say to the pitcher and the catcher like do something different right D- set up later or yes. you know yeah. do a deek setup or change your change your approach or or or, or whatever if it's a camera zooming in on on you giving signs it's pretty it's pretty much on you though I, I, I so there's a similar story about the the Red Sox doing this I think in the same year no in 2018 was it last year though it didn't sound quite as it wasn't the, the sort of bang bang thing we show on the video that's up on Facebook right now. Um, and I'm not totally sure how, how that scheme sort of worked. And I wonder if this is if it's possible if this is a that, that every team has got some sort of version of this of this happening. Um, and the fact that that there's, you know, two or three instances in the last few years um, certainly would, would give me pause if I was a, a pitcher in the big leagues to think that my, my pitches were getting tipped to the point where, you know, if you have a runner on second teams deal with that by uh, they give they give signs before they actually give the 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 pitch signs, if that makes sense to say, I'm going to give a sequence of signs, I'm going to give four signs and I'll tell you which one it is beforehand. It's almost like maybe you should go to that all the time. Or is that too much? You Do You know what I'm talking well, about? You... Yeah,
0: but don't you think... I guess I, I just assumed that the Astros were, over the course of the game, figuring out the code.
1: In, this, in the, in the video were... that this guy shows, there's, and there's were... nobody and they... on base, and the, the catcher is just holding down one sign. It's just a three you know, it's a change up, mm-hmm. change up outside or yeah. whatever. But if you, if there was a yeah. dude on second, he would put down a, a sequence and he would tell the pitcher, mm-hmm. it's the last one in the sequence or it's the first one in the sequence, or he'd go out there and be like, throw a fastball. And I'm going to just do a bunch of shit. And I understand that's more work and it takes more time. But, but honestly, if, 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 it, if you're afraid that you science are getting stolen, maybe it's something you need to do.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I always wanted, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And that's just, that's also just kind of, Kind of poor management of a baseball yeah. team, right? Like that, that's <laughs> that's that, that that's an issue. Yeah, I don't I, I don't I don't but know I don't know what to think would, about this stuff. I mean That's a weakness. That's a weakness. How about sure. that? that's a weakness. That's a weakness. Uh and that's that's you know. But here's what I want to say before you, before you go. I think the problem with with this particular situation is the pitcher and the catcher can do everything perfectly. They can have ev- the perfect technique, everything. And it is the usage of this off-the-field tool that gives an unfair advantage to the other team. And I think that's that's the problem. Like, if this comes out, like, what if it comes out that the Astros were cheating during the World Series this year? Because there was a lot of talk in the World Series this year about how dominant uh, Strasburg and Scherzer yeah. were. And there were a lot, I remember watching it, and, and they were breaking down their release points both of them like every one of their starts and you could not tell from the release point which kind of pitch they were throwing yeah, there's that great
1: video of garrett Cole doing that same thing
0: yes right and that becomes like that to me is the sign of a pitcher who is in the midst of a dominant performance when you can't see where the ball like when when release point gives the pitcher or gives the hitter no advantage whatsoever right that's kind of perfection and technology or off the field tools are kind of being used in this particular situation with the Astros to, uh, I, I don't know, right, make a move against that perfection. I'm not really good at articulating it this morning, but it just seems outside of the purity of the game in a way that, like you said, steroids or HGH or PDDs um, kind of allow yeah. for. No,
1: I, I feel yeah, you on that. Yeah. In any case, man, uh-huh. the Astros... <laughs> Kind of funny how, how how stacked that team was with with Verlander and Cole and and you know all the offensive uh, uh, powerhouses they've had to win one World Series in three years. I mean, uh, especially if you're cheating the entire time. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a team a team that could have gone down as you know just a straight dynasty. Instead, I think you know sort of a no they a flip, of, a flip uh, on the radio yeah. they're gonna lose they're gonna lose Cole Verlander turns sixty five this year or whatever. Um, I mean, they're going to have they're facing the same, uh, in many ways, the same the same issue the the Red Sox have. It's like, can you keep JD Martinez and Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley Jr. and a bunch of young dudes who are going to, you know, have only one or two years of ARB left on their contracts and stuff like that? That it's 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 harder these days to sort of hang on to these b- big kind of I don't know if baseball equivalent of super teams even with even with big contracts. And if they're, if the Red Sox are any indication, you know, they had the the highest payroll or, you know, at the very top, top highest, second highest, third highest in the last handful of years, and only managed to, to, to win one world series, that it seems like the the management is saying, look, it's not, it's not worth it to spend all this money. If it doesn't guarantee you, you know, competitive success, Red Sox didn't even make the damn playoffs. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe, maybe what you'll see is a, a, a move away from, from that sort of stuff, especially as we saw all these giant gigantic contracts over the past the past few years it may just become sort of untenable to to build teams the the way that they they used to be built so I don't know perhaps a win for parody
0: it is kind of a win for parody for sure I it just hmm. so I think I think what what is more what's more the oddity it is it the I'm not to not to pick on the on the Red Sox last year but is it a pitching staff? that has less than two dominant pitchers or is it the team that has just an awesome offense that, that just overwhelms that pitching over the course of a seven game series? Because I mean, I think that's what this world series was won by Max Scherzer and well, it was won by Strasburg and they were just simply dominant in their starts.
1: I I don't know. I don't think you can answer that question and say that one model is better than the other because the the Red Sox were that team last year and it was just no no pitching lineup was good enough to get one through nine through that team over and over and over again over, you know, five game series and seven game series. Um, And it's it's probably the same thing. I mean, the Red Sox scored crazy runs even this year. And I kept saying towards the end, I was like, man, if this team sneaks into the playoffs, teams are not going to want to play them. Because their pitching hasn't been great, but they can, you know, they can hit it. They can really hit it around. And I mean, this year I think you saw more of a win for for pitching. I guess.
0: I would. It would we should. We should break down um, the last twenty five World Series just to see. Because I think you could make the same argument about the Cubs in two thousand sixteen as uh, being that team that just whose offense overwhelmed everybody. Yeah, no, sure. Just you know, they it wasn't necessarily pitching dominant too, pitching. They did. Don't get me wrong. They did. They did. Who's your new manager? Um, uh oh my god, I should know that. Oh David, David Ross. Ross.
1: That's hilarious to me.
0: David Ross. David Ross and our and our and our and our friend uh Carlos Beltran is now the manager of the New York Mets. Really. You didn't no. know that? Yeah, dude. He said, I, I assume maybe he was he was probably in New
1: York for an interview hmm. when I saw him. Oh, no shit. That's funny. Yeah. I kind of forgot that guy. Rocco Baldelli was the manager of the twins until he won manager of the year.
0: I did not even realize that. I th- I thought they still had garden
1: iron. Do you know the story behind that dude? I mean, he was a great baseball player, but he had some sort of like medical condition where he just couldn't couldn't play. Like the the physical demands of baseball were just too much. He had some. Sort- I don't know what it was. Hmm. Laziness. <laughs> no, I think it was an Sorry, actual real. Med- the problem is, I want to Google this, but I can't spell Baldelli. I didn't. I do. I don't Probably think I got close out. enough for Google. It's just I. I broke in the internet, trying to Google rock um, No, he had some sort of like muscle thing where. I'm going to describe this so fucking wrong. There's something about like the the way your muscles sort of, um, come back from. You know, being being broken down from physical activity, like even just standing around. I guess could he, he when he played for the Red Sox, he would play a game or two, and then he had to sit out for a while. Mm, I don't know. I don't know I exactly know that. what it was. Maybe I'm making this this up. Uh, no, he could suffered be right. from a form of mitochondrial uh, canalopathy which makes his oh. condition. Oh, so there was a rediagnosis that made it seem less serious. It's a cell, a rare cell disorder that affects ions and neurological pathways, causing severe muscle fatigue and can be life-threatening. But Baldelli was diagnosed with a moderate form, which can be managed with medication, diet. Um, but he also had Lyme disease. Wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> right. Right on. Anyways,
1: dude, that guy, that's a that's a. That's a... Bad hand. He was a he was a hell of a baseball player, though, because he played... Uh, yeah, and I just, remember. And just, like, physically couldn't... I mean, and baseball's a fucking grind anyways, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like being a, a professor. Yeah, exactly. They're the
1: exact same thing, I think. <laughs> they are, especially the physicality F- People required. always ask me what I do, and I'm like, well, essentially, I'm a major league baseball player. Yeah, but really, I, I teach four that. classes a semester, two of which are online. Are you familiar with the work of... <laughs> Uh Ezekiel yeah. Elliott yeah that's basically that's my you training of, every... of Ted Williams I'm just like that for <laughs> didn't win a batting title didn't win a triple crown All- didn't st- fight in the war <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so really nothing like uh, that no. is your head frozen <laughs> that, that could be the only thing I have in common with Ted Williams
0: and set it up now it I'll, uh, I'll be the I think so that was the Futurama joke right with Nixon and well, in, in
1: Futurama, everyone's head was like in a fish jar.
0: Oh yeah, true, true, wonderful.
1: I think, um, I think Ted Williams' entire body is frozen. <laughs>
0: that's amazing. was Ted Williams
1: uh, at that time. Misshaping uh, this frozen could be said. Severing heads is a common practice in its preservation. I don't know.
0: There's a new Out book that says it
1: might have been mistreated in the lab. I don't know, man.
0: And- Out of respect for my own time, Brian, I want to talk to you all day long. But I'm just going to read about Ted like that. Williams' frozen yep. head
1: for the rest of the day, so I'm not going to get any work done.
0: Do you want to talk about? Let's talk about Deadspin. Sure. All right, because I'm sad. Sad that Deadspin is no longer. Yeah. Um, did you read that article I did. or that opinion piece? Yeah. What'd you come? So I guess a little backstory. Uh, a few weeks ago. Um, eh, Deadspin had been purchased by an organization, by a company, right, by a massive media company, um, and during the uh, the acquisition, the merger, whatever you want to call it, um, they inst- in, you know instituted a new managing director, what do you want to call that? Uh, not uh, editor, but maybe it is an editor, right? Somebody came in and and basically, without any understanding of. What Deadspin apparently had been doing as both a voice of sport and culture told the editors at Deadspin that they had to stick to sports from that from that point on. And I think Brian and I have talked about this ad nauseum on the on the the podcast. We like Deadspin because of that mix of sport and culture, right? It's it's really thought provoking, um, um, critical uh, commentary on the role that sports play not just for sports viewers and sports consumers, sports players, but for our society as a whole, like the role of sports in the the cultural fabric of the United States. As a result of that, you know, stop only talk about sports. um, The editors basically said, go fuck yourself. And over the course of three or four days, they basically everybody quit. They left and um, they kind of said, shove it up your ass. We don't care. And they, and they left. And so, uh, the article that I'm referring to is the um, former uh, uh, deputy editor of Deadspin, Barry Petchesky, wrote an article for the New York Times that came out yesterday. said, I was fired for deads- from Deadspin for refusing to stick to sports. So with
1: that, I will hand it over to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, this, is, this is a weird read for me because I'll be honest. One of my first reactions is I'm not sure this is a, a sports story. I mean certainly it involves a a media outlet that that talked about sports, but I don't know. A lot of this article was about sort of the the business model of of buying um buying a, a company and then sort of stripping it down by getting rid of its its higher paid employees and by adjusting the content to make it, you know, sort of more simple and streamlined and and, and that sort of thing. And so I, I was kind of left with a a question mark about what, what is the reason that the, the the new company came in and sort of said no more no more uh political stuff for you know st- this st- stick to sports as it exists kind of between the between the lines um I, I don't know if that was if it was uh, if there's like a, a broader business explanation for it if it's part and parcel to this strip down and sell sort of model or if it's um if it's if it's something else if there's a, a different sort of business calculation that says we'll be more profitable if we don't do those things. So I, 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 I was,
0: but if you make it more general and generic, as is the case with just ESPN.com's front page, it's, it lacks any, any clear political lean to it. And I think Deadspin is pretty clearly a liberal entity, right? It was a left, left-leaning, maybe moderate, but still left-leaning uh, sports media outlet that was not afraid to criticize president Trump or any politician for that matter. But I think in, in, you know, obviously our most recent political environment, president Trump is a, a kind of low hanging fruit to critique, especially from, from the left. And so to me, I'm wondering if that was part of it, right? You're turning away a lot of readers by taking political stances, by taking shots at GOP representatives what have you that you wouldn't have to do and you and by not doing that you would gain perhaps more clicks this all comes down to clicks but it also comes down to advertising money like there was the thing like like we don't have to think about the reader we can think about ad money and who's paying for these but those are those are different calculations right like there's there's two
1: versions of this one version is a new company buys deadspin and comes in and says we're more conservative than you are on social and political issues and we want Deadspin to reflect that. And the way that we're going to make that happen is by saying that you can only write about you know, box scores and injuries and waiver wires and that sort of stuff. Don't talk about the political and cultural stuff. A different version of that is a company comes in and says, we don't really have political leanings, but we think we'll be more profitable if you write more um, sort of between the lines sports stories. I mean, both of them are issues, but they're different issues.
0: I wonder what, the, yeah, they are. They are, and That's I just don't know enough. I guess about, how the...
1: about about what happened there because I mean th- th- this gets alluded to in the article that, that that you sent me, but this sort of happened at Sports Illustrated, right? Wasn't there a change in ownership or a change in management, and a bunch of these long time, long tenured um, writers and editors at, at Sports Illustrated got their walking papers um, mm-hmm. essentially because they were they were just paid too much, right? And so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like part of me says, is this a consequence of? Um, uh, a world where where um, lots of lots of print journalism, print media stuff is is going out of business because people aren't aren't going to pay big subscription fees um, to to access content if they can just sort of comb the internet and and sort of make do. Um, and I, I I'm I'm torn on that because I I do both of those things. I, I kind of recognize that maybe I should get a New York Times subscription or I should get a you know a ESPN the magazine subscription. Not that I would ever get that, but you, you understand what I'm saying. And the flip side of that is, why would I wait for that shit that's gonna be you know mm-hmm. a week old by the time it gets here, if I yeah. can just read all this stuff online, if I'm willing to you know clear my browsing history, I can read all the New York Times I want. If I'm willing to, you know, not read any Washington Post, I can get basically the same stories if i if I can just go find it find it someplace else, right? I think most of us kind of are adept enough if we want to read about something to to either navigate paywalls or to get around them or to find another source that'll give us give us something similar so i don't it's like i i am firmly in the it's it's a it's the internet's a worse place without without deadspin and, and folks like the ones who are at deadspin writing about the, the the social and cultural and political stuff about sports because obviously we're into that i mean that's our podcast does that same thing largely right we don't spend very much time talking about box scores uh but at the same time like is it happening inside of a broader framework. That's, that's not just a political one, but also kind of an economic one that makes it hard to, like, I don't know. I, I, there's, there's part of me that there's wants to say that this article oversimplifies the problem, but it's not even that it's that I think it and mixed mi- misdiagnosis is not the right word. I just don't understand what they see as the problem. I I can't reconcile the don't write about political stuff in sports with the economic argument that's being made inside of this article that, this company, all they want to do is come in and streamline, and then sell it to make money. I mean, that's a problem too. It may, it may, and it may have
0: something to do with their strategic plan for that package of media outlets, that package of websites, that package of commentaries. And what I mean by that is, like, doesn't there's what else falls underneath that same? Like, isn't Jezebel part of it? There's a few entertainment. um sites that are sister sites to deadspin so it could be strategically they're just saying you are the sports site stick to sports right this this five finger fist that we have that we're going to package and sell in five years yes correct i don't think you're on there and so uh knowing that strategically it makes more sense for you to stick to sports
1: yeah i well that i mean that's the question right is it less profitable is it more profitable to only talk about sports In the,
0: I don't, maybe in the, in the grand scheme or the grand strategy of all those sister sites, maybe, I don't know. I, I, let's, I don't think that, let's not assume that the people who are making these decisions know a hell of a lot about the consumer (laughs) because I really don't think they do. I absolutely don't think they do. Like these massive media organizations, there's a reason why they've been taken over by tech companies. It's because tech companies get their consumer way better but um i don't know just something i wanted to bring that up cuz uh we take a lot or did take a lot from uh from deadspin and actually dan and i are presenting on uh presenting tomorrow at nca a paper that's based on an article from the deadspin investigation so it's too bad it's too bad um i'm going to run i'm going to get out of here cuz i got to go uh, do a few things in the office, then head home for the day. But uh I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me yeah, today, Brian. What else would I do?
1: <laughs> what do you have today? You guys uh, no, I have a meeting though. I do have a meeting, oh, I'm gonna have to put on case today. Oh, have jury duty man. tomorrow.
0: Oh, how's I that? Hopefully, I can get out of it. Oh man, that could be. What do you do? You have any idea what the the case? No, you don't. Know I know. had to fill it out cases. like a questionnaire,
1: and it was asking about like. Um, if I'd known people who got hurt in an auto accident. So I don't know if, I don't know how this works. Honestly, I got called to jury duty like when I was 18 or 19 and I showed up late. This was out in Denver. And I showed up late, or Jefferson County, I think. And I showed up late and they were like, you're late. And I was like, sorry, I didn't know where to park. And they're like, well, it already started. So you can leave. And I was like, okay. And I left and that was it. <laughs> that was my, I that was, I was <laughs> like, this oh, seems yeah. like a pretty yeah. easy way to get out of jury duty, just show up five minutes late. Uh, and that was it. And That's then amazing. I never got called to jury duty again. Until I don't know how many twenty years later.
0: <laughs>
1: so I don't I don't really know what's gonna happen. I guess I'm just gonna take my computer and hope they have Wi-Fi.
0: Make sure you have a good sticker. Yeah, I texted you yesterday to tell you the
1: truth Like uh, I don't know what the dress code is. Can I wear jeans? I think so. Yeah, you don't have to dress up. What
0: do you mean, yeah? You don't have to dress up at all. You what if what I got like a
1: like a prisoner costume from the Halloween store? Like an orange juice. I think you need to be. Would that get me dismissed? <laughs>
0: I was, yeah yeah or just i don't know you, i was gonna
1: make, make a, a, a joke a you shouldn't make yeah I, uh, <laughs> I told jill this uh, the other day like i i'm not i don't want to get out of it because i want to get out of it like i think it could be really interesting to be on a on a jury i just like i can't be on like a murder trial for two weeks i gotta teach class you know there's no substitutes in college and so that's what i'm gonna tell him i'll see what happens i don't know do it in the summer. Did they deserve it, though? Did they deserve
0: it? <laughs> you asked that. Maybe they deserved
1: yeah. it. <laughs> a, a mutual friend, Rob, uh, always tells me that if you make it clear that, you know, you have a background in argumentation and debate, that they get you off real quick, like. They would just say. I, at least I yeah. think that's what he used to. Now, maybe I'm misremembering. I, either they like you on there or they hate you on there. One of the two. Maybe it's maybe it depends on the side. Yeah, true. Right. I, I don't know. if that's you're If you're a prosecutor, true. maybe you want someone who. And sort of fulfill a leadership role or something like that. Listen, if I get stuck on a jury, I'm, I'm running for foreman. Oh, wait, is that the right word? Foreman, bailiff? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to run for I'm going to run for both foreman and bailiff. And the judge,
0: just Dude, that will get that. me kicked
1: off in two seconds. Right? If as soon as I get there, yeah. I'm just going to scream out, "All rise." Do you think... <laughs> oh, God, I, you might be held in contempt. Can I approach be the bench, on there?
0: Hey! hey. <laughs> Objection. I want everyone um, right. to know that I
1: watched six ex- episodes of Law and Order yesterday in preparation for this. So let's get it on. Bring out Jack McCoy. Not, not sure if you've ever watched <laughs> Matlock, but not a bad show. Not a bad show.
0: Uh, all right, um, I'll uh, I'll let you be. Uh, keep us posted about the
1: jury selection. Yeah, we're we're yeah, rooting. for I'll, you. I'll post some live updates. Yeah. So follow me on uh, Insta.
0: All right. See you, buddy. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds.